coming up. Satan is not trying to pick a fight with you. He's trying to get you to pick a fight with God. That's what he did. He tried to turn them against God. He didn't say, he didn't, he didn't, because see, if he came out and he just, you know, did something to them, they'd be like, what you hitting me for? Right? Just like somebody come up to you and, and hit you, you like, they just came up and hit me. You know, I don't know why they hit me. He didn't do that because he knew that would alert you and that would, that would cause you to run to God. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. You wouldn't intentionally put yourself in harm's way, would you? Well, we do this spiritually every time we ignore our real enemy and leave the safety of God's presence. Join us for the message series, Maximum Security, where Pastor Rob discusses the various ways we can be spiritually secure and protected. Here's part two of the message, The Need for Peace. All right. As an athlete, if my shoes ain't right. And I mean, that mean everything had to do with my feet. I had to put on, you know, two pair of socks so I don't get blisters and make sure I tied it up right. And the shoes was looking good. Some polish on them and all of that stuff. Got to get them right. Ladies, y'all know, y'all know if, if the shoes ain't right. <laughs> Ladies, the shoes ain't right. Y'all was talking earlier. I like those. They look like boots, but they ain't boots, right? Because <laughs> see, y'all, see, I didn't even notice it. Cause I, you know, I, that's that's you know, I didn't even I didn't even pick it up. But y'all picked it up, right? Because the shoes gotta be right. You can have on the right the right dress, the right blouse, and the right all that stuff. But if the shoes ain't right. Right? It's like y'all, y'all. So we can relate to the fact. So the text is telling us you get, need to get your shoes spiritually. You need to get on them shoes of the good news about peace with God. Y'all need that. They need to be part of what we're wearing is, is, is the, that good news that we got peace with God. Right. Look what uh, Ephesians, what it says in the um, Living Bible. Um, in Ephesians 6, 15, wear shoes that are able to speed you on as you preach the good news of the peace of God. See how it says that? It says shoes that's going to speed you on. Shoes that's going to make you, make you uh, uh, react and respond faster and better, quicker. Right? And it says that the knowing you got peace with God will do that. See, some of us, some of us uh, believers and followers of Christ, we just uh, we just put on slippers spiritually. We, you know, we, we're not concerned about we don't even think about that. I got peace with God. We get up in the morning and we just get up. Don't don't even acknowledge, you know, that day um, that, you know, encourage yourself and inspire yourself that I'm, I'm going to be in. In battle here, so I need not go out the door with slippers on. <laughs> all right, <laughs> with spiritual slippers. Y'all know it. Y'all say you, you walk around with Christians all day, all the time, and they just got on spiritual slippers. You know, they they slow to react to everything. You know, <laughs> when something happened, they 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 they, 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 they slow to respond in a godly way um, <laughs> to stuff that happened. Those are folks without those folks with slippers on. They, they got on slippers. They don't have them. They don't have the shoes, the right shoes on. And see, and look what it says here, that you need to have these on so that uh, you can preach the good news of the peace with God. 
All right? You need to have them on so you can preach it. The first person you need to preach the good news to every day, just like the acronym said, is yourself. You need to preach to yourself that I got peace with God. Tell yourself every day, I got peace with God. Because you're going to go out here and you're going to fight against your enemy. Okay? We ask the question, well, why do I need peace? I need peace to fight. Because when I know God is on my team, that me and God is cool, I can go, I can deal with anything out here. Because me and God are cool. Every day we need to tell ourselves and preach to ourselves, I got peace with God and it's good news that no matter what I encounter out here today, no matter what the enemy throws at me today, I have peace with God. God is on my side. And when you do that, you are ready. You are prepared for battle. As I said, many of us leave the house unprepared to deal with what happens. And as soon as something happens, our foot comes out of the shoe of the good news of the gospel of peace. And then we look like we're on the other team. We're talking like we're on the bleep bleep other team. We're sounding like, we're acting like we're not on God's team. Preach to yourself and then preach to others about the good news. And we'll talk more about the preaching to others a little bit later. See, write this down. What do I need to understand about peace with God? What do I need to understand about peace with God? Number one, it is the primary thing that the enemy attacks. It is the primary thing that the enemy attacks. You need to understand that about peace with God. It is the enemy's ultimate goal. Is to jack up your peace with God. You got, you got to get that in your spirit. You got to get it in your spirit. As a follower of Christ, the number one thing he wants to do is disrupt, mess up your peace with God. That's his, that's his goal. Okay? And it's, that's his goal for a reason. Okay? The reason it's his goal is because he knows that the greatest harm he could do to you, the greatest harm, is not what he does himself, but when he gets you fighting against the one who's even more powerful than him, when he can get you, he can get you fighting God, that's the greatest thing he can do to you. <laughs> See, and he understands that. The problem is, Christians, we don't get that. We don't understand that. And so we get caught up in all his little tricks when he's, he's really trying to just mess up your peace with God. How do we know that? Look what the text says in Genesis 3, verse 1 and then verse 4 and 5. This was, first of all, let me say this. This was the enemy's first encounter with mankind. 
Okay. And I told y'all some time ago about the, the law first mentioned. Okay. This, this is the, 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 his first encounter, and it tends, when, when the law first mentioned, according to the law first mentioned in biblical interpretation, is that it, things tend to be consistent throughout Scripture when, it, when we look at how it happened the first time. Okay. The first time it's mentioned in Scripture. And here, so, so the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say, I'm going to stop right there. Y'all get this? This was the devil's first encounter with mankind. And guess what he says? He makes God the subject. Didn't God really say? Y'all see this? He, he, he didn't come at you. He, he's trying... Look, it reads on. He says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree in the garden? Then verse 4 says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows, God knows. You see what he's making the subject? God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat, eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. So he tried to spin it as if God was the enemy, as if God was the one trying to keep them from something. Y'all got to get this. You have to get this in your spirit. That's, that was how his first encounter with humankind happened. He's trying to mess up humankind's peace with God. And he's doing the same thing for you. The same thing. So write this down, A, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, but I want you to get this in your spirit. Write this down, A, Satan is not trying to pick a fight with you. He's trying to get you to pick a fight with God. Satan is not trying to pick a fight with you. He's trying to get you to pick a fight with God. Okay. That's what he did. He tried to turn them against God. He didn't say, he didn't, he didn't, because see, if he came out and he just, you know, did something to them, and they'd be like, what you hitting me for? Right? Just like somebody come up to you and, and hit you, you like, they just came up and hit me. You know, I don't know why they hit me. He didn't do that, because he knew that would alert you, and that would, that would cause you to run to God. See, he, he know that. If, you, if, you, if he just, if the serpent just came out and just, you know, did something crazy to, to you, and then you go, oh, oh, God, help me. But no, 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 he didn't want you to do that. See, he wants you to pick a fight with God, so he made God the subject. <laughs> so we got to get this in our spirit. The primary thing that he's trying to attack is your peace with God. So you should definitely make sure you put your shoes on, the gospel of peace shoes on, every single day, all, and leave them on. Okay, now, not that long ago in the NFL, and just to try to drive this a little deeper in your spirit, <clears throat> a few weeks ago in the NFL, a major event happened near the end of the game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> 
and it was a major incident. Uh, one of the players of the Cleveland Browns yanked off the helmet of the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and proceeded to try to hit him in the, well, actually didn't proceed to try. He actually hit him in the head with the helmet. He swung the helmet and hit, after he took the helmet off the guy, he swung the helmet forcefully strong and hit him in the head with it, right? <laughs> and so um, immediately, you know, it was mayhem, and then a whole bunch of other stuff happened after this. <clears throat> so that guy that swung the helmet got suspended indefinitely. But I'm just, that's the backstory. I'm not, I'm not bringing this up for that. I'm bringing this up for another reason. Uh, because, again, let me make sure you're tracking with me. The player from the Cleveland Browns swung the helmet and hit the guy, who, this helmetless guy in the head with another helmet. Right? They were pushing and shoving before that, and then this one. Okay. After that, the coach of the Cleveland Browns did an unwise thing. Somehow he got a T-shirt made, and, and he wore a T-shirt that said, the Pittsburgh Steelers started it. He wore that T-shirt. <laughs> now, understand that the guy that swung his helmet, they were talking about pressing criminal charges for assault. They were discussing the possibility of that because of what damage could have been done if he had hit him flushly with that helmet. That's, uh, but the coach of the Cleveland Browns wore a shirt that said, Pittsburgh Steelers started it. Now, I'm bringing this up um, because that was just unwise. Um, because no matter what had happened um, prior to this, whatever got into the guy to swing a helmet and hit another guy in the head, he crossed the line. That, that, you know, I don't care, I don't care. Well, he, he said the guy said some crazy stuff to him or whatever. But in either case, he crossed the line. It, swinging a helmet at somebody, helmet at his head, is you, you can do some real damage. Uh, that had nothing to do with football. He crossed the line. That's why they suspended him indefinitely, definitely and rightly so. But the coach, this guy's coach wore a shirt that said, the Pittsburgh Steelers started it, okay. <clears throat> which was unwise for him to do because there's no excuse for the guy swinging the helmet. I'm bringing this up because Satan is not trying to pick a fight with you. He's trying to get you to pick a fight with God. And unfortunately, Many people are walking around today with a T-shirt on, figuratively, that says God started it. 
They don't come out and say that to you. But they say it in other kind of ways that how could God be loving and allow X, Y, Z thing happen to me or in life? As if the cause of whatever happened is God's fault. In other words, the devil swung a helmet at them. (laughs) And like he did in the Garden of Eden, we just read about. Did God start that in the garden? That's like Eve, that's like Eve and Adam saying God started it. (laughs) No, the, the enemy came in. That wasn't God, right? But people are walking around with figurative shirts on that's saying God started it. This battle that I'm in in life, God started it. When that's not the truth. I had someone tell me once, I was talking to him about God and trying to explain who he is and his existence and what he expects from us. And we were started talking about heaven and hell. And they told me that, well, if God would, would allow or send somebody to hell, then I don't know if I want to serve that kind of God. That's what they said, as if it was all God's fault. And this is what we're up against as followers of Christ to convey the message What you're blaming on God is not right. God didn't start it. You just doing some stuff that's against the plan that God has and other people are doing things against and the enemy is behind all of these acts. But they want to blame God for it. Number two, write this down. What do I need to understand about the peace of God? I nurture it by being a disciple. I nurture it by being a disciple. Philippians 4.9 says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. This is Paul talking. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then God, the God of peace will be with you. See what Paul says? He says he, he speaks to the church, church in Philippi, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So when I am acting like a disciple or when I'm being a disciple, when I'm being discipled, it actually nurtures me to understand peace with God because Paul says if you do these things then the God of peace will be with you and he goes on in 1 Corinthians 11 1 and says and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ so this is another motivation for us to be a disciple 
to be a follower of Christ, to have someone who we're looking at, someone we're listening to, someone we're following who follows Christ so that it can help us live in the, the peace with God and God of peace can be with us. Number three, the third thing I need to understand about peace with God is it should prevail among all followers of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 13, 11 says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for the full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So there's something that happens when followers of Christ are living together in peace and encouraging each other relative to the peace with God, that God will be involved and engaged in our lives. And Romans 14, 19 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So God, the, 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 the peace of God should prevail amongst us. Number four, fourth reason, thing I should understand about the peace of God. It is an out-of-the-world kind of peace. It is an out-of-the-world kind of peace. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, and this is Jesus talking. I do not give you, give it, give, I do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus says, I give you my peace, and it's not as the world give it. So it's an out of the world kind of peace. The fifth thing I need to understand is it demands that I share it with others. It demands that I share it with others. Second Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, the, new cre cre the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the text is telling us that as God has reconciled us or made peace with us um, through Christ, he's also given us the ministry or the task or the service to reconcile others to him. And it demands that we do it. It demands that we share this peace with God, that we inform others about it. Because the Bible says it is our ministry to reconcile others to him. And then number six thing we need to understand is it gives me the legacy I want to have. It gives me the legacy I want to have. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So since we have received peace with God, we can now function as peacemakers in the world. And the text tells us that we will be called children of God when we do that.
You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We got to get this in our spirit. So if you're going to do something and you're not quite sure you can do it in faith, I got a word for you. Don't do it. I don't care what it is. If you're doubting and you can't do it, don't do it. That is if you want to please God. Now you can do it to please yourself. But it won't please God. And you can dress it up how you want. You can put God's name on it. Thank you for listening.